0: We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. All right, I am so excited today to have an unbelievable guest with us. Uh, We have Jeremy Edwards. He is one of the creators of Red, White & Blueprint, correct? And Red, White & Blueprint was really, um, I I wanna say life-changing for me and so inspirational. I stumbled upon this series, which is a YouTube series, about, um, I would say about two years ago, from a family member that passed it on to me and I watched the series and it's it's one of those, it sucks you in. And uh, so I, I don't want to spoil it too much. I'm going to, I'm going to ask questions throughout the podcast, Jeremy and I'll dive into red, white, and blueprint and why you created this. But it, I have to say for anyone that hasn't heard of it, you need to, to Google it, go on YouTube, look up red, white, and blueprint. It is so inspirational and transparent. So with that, uh, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about your background and and how you came up with this idea and what started you down this path.
1: Well, my background is in uh, music, so I'm a, I've been a music producer for um, a little over twenty years now, okay. and I've worked mostly with um, like church music, worship. Mm-hmm. So, from Chris Tomlin, Michael W Smith, Matt Redman, Carrie Joe, Jesus Culture, Bethel Music, um, I've been producing a lot of the worship music that people sing in church, and um, I I love it. It's um, it's very Mm -hmm. life-giving this uh, producing this film Mm -hmm. was a totally different thing for me and it's been life-giving in different ways but very controversial and Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 actually been pretty tough um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything but it's when you're a music producer You're just loved by everybody
0: sure of course there's nothing controversial about that
1: red white and blueprint (laughs) it's been um you know you 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 get in the media and then people get stuff in their head and it's just like wow actually i think i might have some enemies now
0: which is interesting that you said this is controversial because let's let's just frame what red white and blueprint is because it should not be controversial it's Mm. actually a very transparent film right yeah about government and about what's happened in the last two years and really kind of peeling back the layers of how government operates is that correct
1: yeah on on a local level Mm -hmm. and i think even most people that really um don't like the the premise or especially when you're local in shasta county and you're feeling it and you're picking a side like when they sit down and they talk to me about it they go oh okay because the 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 reason, the biggest reason why we made this film is because we came to a realization that um, people don't get involved with local politics. Right. They don't think about it. They don't even know how it operates. And when a local government, go, when any business or any government goes totally unaccountable for so many years, things can get off the, off the rails. So mm-hmm. um, in, at the, the end of 2020, I found myself um, becoming more interested in politics, but mostly on the federal level. Interesting. And this was like out of reaction to a lot of what was happening mm-hmm. and feeling like we were being um, lied to. I mean, whether or not you like Donald Trump or not, mm-hmm. he I feel like he was so... Um, transparent with the American people.
0: Intentionally and unintentionally, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like he'd get up there and say, we're passing Mm -hmm. this bill. It's a you know one point nine trillion dollar COVID relief bill. Only nine percent of it is going to COVID relief. Mm Ninety one percent of it is the pork. And everybody on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, are packing stuff in this bill for all their special projects, and the American people are just getting lied to, and I'm like has it always been like this? What is yeah. happening? Because yeah. we're $30 trillion plus in debt as a country. Mm-hmm. There's no, there. it's completely mismanaged and, and yeah. totally irresponsible. So at that point, I just dug into mm-hmm. research, researching mostly again, um, the, f- the federal level mm-hmm. and, and also a little bit of state coming to a realization that in, in a way, every state operates like their own country and i didn't realize that before it was i was confused why the president and his administration couldn't go in and 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 make sure we had election integrity and audit machines and stuff Mm -hmm. and they said no you can't come into our state and i'm like how does that work i realized we're a little it's more like um like the european union or something it's like this union of countries we call them states Mm -hmm. But they operate um,
0: pretty autonomously, right? Yeah,
1: and, and the federal government doesn't have jurisdiction over everything with the state. The federal mm-hmm. government's to keep a standing army for the communication, postal service, and for the uh, monetary system, right. and to protect right. our, our rights. So,
0: Which is probably why when Biden came out and said any company with 100 plus employees will be required to back you know prove vaccination of their employees or pay an exorbitant i think it's like $25,000 a day per violation right mm-hmm. um, that felt so violating yeah right
1: yeah and i think did that get shot shot down by the supreme it court it did yes yeah, yeah. so th- there's a lot of examples especially recently where the federal levels just overstepping their bounds mm-hmm. um, and so i started meeting with this group of guys i actually saw a a video on youtube of a guy standing in front of his local um county supervisors Mm -hmm. and just kind of railing on them about opening up the county about taking off their masks and um i sent it out to a few friends and i was like this is crazy this guy's like (laughs) in their face you know and and then everybody responded like that's carlos he lives here in shasta county and i didn't i had no idea i Uh thought I didn't even know what state it was from. It was just a, it had like a 30 million views on YouTube.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: And so I called around and ended up getting his number. Uh huh. Called him and I said, "Hey, this, you know, this guy's like a Marine vet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very passionate about a local true politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah." And <laughs> I said, "Hey, can we get together?" He said, "Sure." So him and I got together for drinks. We started meeting once a week with a group of guys just to talk um, what's happening with our country what can we do to get involved mm-hmm. and at one point Carlos said why are you always so hyper focused on the federal level and not on the county because the county's really the the needle we can move here mm-hmm. and I was like well w- like who cares about local politics right and he's like no it's like that's where I mean our county budget this year is 600 million dollars He's like that if things are going off the rails in our country it starts at the county Mm -hmm. and at that point I dove into research on the local level and then in, um, in the middle of the night it was like two or three in the morning I texted this group of guys and I said we should make a documentary about what's happening in our county that there was a local recall happening and and you know we should start ASAP, and that's kind of how it all got started. So,
0: wow, and you know, I love that you guys are approaching it like this because you couldn't be more correct. And and really, that's the spirit, the American spirit. That's the the spirit by which this country was founded on, this concept of um, small government. Because you you know, if you think about it from a standpoint of what's happening in Washington D.C., and you have all of these disjointed, disconnected policies. Um, disconnected, disjointed politicians that are making these um, completely illogical, irrational um, policies that are impacting the overarching you know, community or society I should say of the United States of America but it's really, if you think about your day-to-day life what you go through, and I, and I was thinking about this this morning as I was driving in here um, you know, here in the city that, that, that I live in um, we have this this these dog catchers and it drives me crazy it's like a constant rub between the dog catcher and the the local citizens and some people want to go to the park and have their dog off leash and some people you know are very very particular that either they hate dogs or they think dogs should all be chained up the the point being is it's those policies and, and obviously that's a very granular level but it's those policies that are impacting the people in that community. I mean, again, it's very granular, but also you think about the school boards, right? It's the school boards that are making the policies and setting the academic curriculum that are impacting your children.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
0: the the local cities and the city councils that are setting all of the policies in the communities that you live in that are impacting your day-to-day life. You know and we actually had on um, Nicole Pierce I don't know if you know who she is she's um, fa- facts truth law justice she um, is going after a lot she's actually I think got multiple lawsuits um, against the state of California Gavin Newsom as well as um, LAUSD and some of the other big entities mm-hmm. one of the things that she said because I asked her directly is how did we get here how did we get here two <laughs> years ago we all were, were kind of going along in society, assuming that we still lived in some type of free republic. right? And now, fast forward, here we are today, we've been locked down, we've been masked, we've been forced to vaccinate ourselves and our children. Um, we're not able to move about freely. There's all kinds of dystopian things that are happening. Um, and her answer was the emergency state that we're in. And then she said something that was a little surprising to me, and I, this probably won't be surprising to you, based on the research that you've done, which is that it's really, so so by de facto, if you have a county that has enough cities in that county, and each one of those cities say, we're done with the state of emergency, We're, we're basically declaring that this is over, right? By de facto, that county, then, if you have enough cities within that county, that county is no longer under a state of emergency and if you're no longer under a state of emergency you know if you look at the domino effect you can no longer have mandates right because you cannot mandate something that's under an emergency use authorization because the emergency use authorization goes away because you can't have the emergency use authorization if there's no state of emergency right so there's this whole domino effect um so
1: and it's actually the the county's duty and it's in the the actual language, the documents from the state that says, basically, as soon as your county is not, um, as soon as you are not in a position where you need to be under the state of emergency, Mm -hmm. it's your duty to um, discontinue it.
0: That's right.
1: And, but no county wants to do it because they want to get a little bit more money. That's right. They want to get a and little they're more. open about it. Yeah, they're pretty open about it. And so in our, so in our documentary, we're following this um, recall of a county supervisor. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> counties in California have five supervisors, mm-hmm. and every decision made comes down to the supervisors on a vote, on a majority vote. And we were falling into a three to two loss on everything that had to do with freedom. <laughs> um, and, and and also everything that had to do with transparency. It was uh, the supervisors that were being recalled um, didn't really want to hear from the people. Right. And whenever the people said, you know, we want you to advocate on our behalf. It was like, no, we, you know, Basically, they were lockstep with Newsom, or they said, We agree with you people, but we feel like it's better to fly under the radar and not make a ruckus. Wow. And so, and there's other ways of doing it. You know, San Joaquin County, um, their chairman of the board of supervisors, Tom Patty, mm-hmm. he's a fighter. Like, he, he actually was advocating on behalf of the people. He was, um, uh, they voted four to one in favor of, um, advocating for uh, it was like a a group of it was like a a group in the in the county that wanted the kids to not have to wear masks at school and so he was doing active active things and some of those things don't hold teeth because the state pays for the schools and they you know but but still it's a position Mm -hmm. of like we're here with you we hear you we're fighting for you and we just didn't have that in shasta county Um, as soon as and actually during the recall process um the supervisors who were in, we are in favor of were calling to end the local state of emergency several times they made wow. a motion seconded the motion mm-hmm. gets denied by the other 3 right. so as soon as we were able to recall one of them and get a new guy put in mm-hmm. everything started happening fast i mean it was it was actually pretty exciting to be there cuz yeah. they ended the local state of emergency they mm-hmm. um put forth a resolution that was written by a bunch of local doctors that was about the vaccine. And it was, yeah. So it's like, it's right now Shasta County's like stance is that, um, we, we don't think it should be mandated. We think Mm -hmm. it should be a a choice between you and your doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, we, you know, the doctors had like a 10 point thing. It was like, we, we feel like it can be helpful for people with certain, Mm um, uh, illnesses and especially in the elderly but definitely not for kids Mm -hmm. and so it's pretty amazing how fast things turned around just by flipping that board member but you're right it then it goes to the school boards and there's a lot like you've got your county um, school supervisor Mm -hmm. and they're the liaison between the state and all the boards and so if they're coming and they're preaching. You might lose uh, your house if you go against the governor. Like, they you know, he, he could come after you personally, which is something that was happening in our county. Mm-hmm. Board members are like, we're not saying a word, even if we disagree with this. If you have a supervisor in there that's going, okay, I'm listening to the state. We're Shasta County. We don't have the same problems as um, San Francisco or mm-hmm. LA. The people up here don't want this. And then you're going to the school boards and saying, you guys decide what you want, you know? Yeah. and and like you said getting off i mean the supervisors in shasta county and like a year and a half ago they rejected getting off the local state of emergency because they wanted a little bit more money
0: that's right yeah and that was what was interesting to me in the documentary as i was watching it was you would think that this we're talking obviously a lot about local politics It's heavy in politics you would think that it would be um like very skewed or slanted towards a specific political party and i love the way you guys did it because it really wasn't about um like republican or democrat it's really about transparency removal of conflict of interest um and representing the best interests of the constituents and there was no there wasn't a lot of conversation again about like this is our moniker we're the republicans or we're you know we're we're left-leaning it was very clear that it was all about transparency, representing the best interests, removing the conflicts of interest. And I think it did a very, it does a very good job of showing the, the challenges right now in the political process um, and just how, it's. I think that we all in, in this state, in this country in particular, we assume you know, that our elected officials are, representing the best interests of whatever their constituents are. And unfortunately, when you start to dig down in it like you have and your team has, you see that, that they're actually not representing the best interests of the constituents, they're representing the best interests of uh, whether it's funnels of, of, of money, right? Because potentially they're receiving COVID relief funds or their own specific agenda. Um, that they want to push. I, I shared with you before we started that we went to Sacramento. Uh, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, who is our chief of medical ethics, testified in front of a committee hearing in the state senate for uh, A B two zero nine eight. And A B two two zero nine eight is in probably represents the, the first step in the total dismantling of healthcare. It basically states and, and we actually read the the rebuttal for, for that was pushed out in the state senate but it basically states that um, any doctor that gives misinformation or disinformation and they deem that as um, a doctor basically for example could potentially not recommend the vaccine because they feel like it's not in the best interest of their patient that doctor's license could be subject to review and they could potentially lose their license so if you think about what that means Right, so all of a sudden, you now creating you're now creating an environment where doctors are an extension of the government and the pharmaceutical industry because they can no longer engage in the true practice of medicine. They can no longer um, have a true patient doctor relationship. And I mean, I, I could we could probably go on for hours, have an entire podcast alone on just 2098 and the dangers of it. But what you were just saying about how you had doctors come in and, and talk about the fact that. You know, some of them they recommend against the vaccine. Well, unfortunately, if two zero nine eight passes, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it's looking like it's going to pass.
1: That's crazy because it's going to close the mouths of good doctors that are trying to do best for people according to their their oath. Mm -hmm. You know, we had um, we had one doctor locally that he like majored in. these kind of uh pandemic virus
0: oh virology yeah Yeah. he -hmm.
1: majored in that and he came out right away and said if you and this guy totally believes in vaccines he's like if you've had covid do not get the vaccine it could actually be really dangerous for you Mm -hmm. and he's super smart he's been a, a family practice doctor for 40-plus years, and he has an amazing practice, yeah. he would just lose his license for saying that. He
0: would absolutely lose his license for saying something like that. Can wow. you imagine?
1: That's crazy. Can you
0: imagine? And what was interesting to me in this entire process was that there were so many people and so many organizations across the state of California that were calling into this hearing and expressing opposition. And the the committee was hearing it, and it was – it was just not considered, right? It was it was the agenda that they were pushing. Um, they were clearly not representing the interests of their constituents. They're clearly not operating based on um, true understanding of the data and the science and the information that's coming out. Um, it, it clearly, a total dismantling of the, of the First Amendment, right? I mean, how can how can how can the government come in and tell a doctor what the doctor can and cannot say in their own medical practice? Um, I know there were some inferences to malicious intent, um, but intent's a pretty hard thing to prove. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so it was an eye-opening experience for me, and I'm sure for you, this is what you guys were living and breathing the last two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the state level, it's it's even worse because mm-hmm. the state of California has been where so Shasta County is a Republican county, mm-hmm. and all five of the supervisors last year claimed to be Republican. Wow. They weren't fighting for the people, but th- when you go to the state level, there's they're emboldened. They're um, It's been 25 years of one party rule. Mm-hmm. They think they're invincible, especially after the attempted recall on Newsom. Mm-hmm. And now the things that they're passing, the media doesn't cover the more controversial things like the bill you're talking mm-hmm. about. Of course not. Um, they will pass these things, and it'll be something where the doctors will lose their license, and it'll fly under the radar. People, I think if people really, truly knew what was going on in Sacramento, um, the voters, Democrat and Republican, would say 25 years of one-party rule and a, a crazy agenda needs to needs stop
0: absolutely we actually have a lot of people writing us and saying you know i'm a registered democrat i've been a democrat my whole life and i feel politically marooned um and i agree i think i think you could look at both parties to your point they were all republicans right and they're not representing the best interests of their their constituents and there's there's problems across the board um after having done what you guys have done for the last two years and dissected it in probably ways that you never thought that you would right um, what do you think is the number one requirement in the political process that we're not seeing today
1: for an elected official
0: um yeah right. for an elected official and for the like the entire political process because i personally think that the number one thing that we're missing is transparency
1: yeah for sure i'll I'll give you a good example of that that's spot on i agree with you um, the cares relief money mm-hmm. um covid relief you know the, the there were two purposes behind that um, and i think this might have been the was it the 1.9 trillion dollars it trickles down to the state mm-hmm. and then it goes to the counties based on population and it's for two reasons one to help businesses that are hurting during the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And then two, to help the county with any shortfall during the shutdown. Right. And, and to help them with PPP and all those things. Mm-hmm. So the supervisors are the ones that get to decide how that money's spent. And it was around $18 million in Chasta County. Mm-hmm. And the supervisors put forth uh, to give the businesses 1.5 million of the 18 right. million, right. and keep the rest for the county. And there was one supervisor that fought really hard, and so they doubled that to three million, and then eventually it went to four million. So they took 14 million. Mm-hmm. Well, they were able to show that all 14 million was spent on COVID by Health and Human Services. They were able to show that. So Interesting. So, so <laughs> while we're making this documentary, this we get a whistleblower. She calls and she says. Um, they're lying to the people and I want to. I, I I don't wanna lose my job but I wanna tell you what's going on. Wow. So she meets with me, her husband comes in, she's crying and she's shaking, she's so scared wow. because sh- they've been saying, do not talk to the public about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, all of the health and human services employees that are already on the state's payroll, mm-hmm. that, um, so, all the health and human services employees are, dire- are instructed to anytime you're doing anything that you can justify as something to do with COVID yeah. clock out of your regular pay and mm-hmm. clock into COVID pay. Yep. So they're already on the payroll. So what does that do? That creates an enormous, you know, over $10 million savings in um, the budget of health and human services mm-hmm. that's already paid for by the state. So it creates that savings, and then that money can be shuffled to wherever it wants to go. Right, right. And so in, in they will justify, it because I brought this up, and it's justified as hey, you caught us, but guess what? Every county's doing it, mm-hmm. and we have things in the county that need fixing or need built, and okay. this helps us do that. We have public safety to think about, all this stuff. Well, it's like, but the purpose of the money was to help struggling businesses or to help the county with shortfall you're not helping the county with shortfall you're just ignoring the local businesses and then doing whatever agenda you want to do and that's not right if you're going to do it at least be transparent about it tell us hey we're going to barely give you any because we need more deputies on the street sure tell us what you're doing
0: well and of course they're not going to be transparent because if if at any level of government they're transparent then you know the the jig is up right i mean the 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 citizens are not going to tolerate right and so they have to create they have to have this opaque veil where of of secrecy where no one understands what's going on um i always tell this story and it cracks me up but you know we actually posted on our social media the the language off of california.gov of some of these bills it came straight out of the bills and we were told that we were gonna be shut down for misinformation. Of course, we started laughing we said, it's literally the language that's on the California website and they're telling us that we're spreading misinformation. And, and that just shows, I mean, it's a really tangible representation of how far they're gonna to go to keep this secret. They don't want anyone know, knowing what's going on. They don't want anyone knowing that these bills exist because the minute that people start to, to wake up and understand this is happening, Things are going to start changing right which is why i love what you guys were doing um, with with red white and blueprint and it's fascinating to me um, how you guys really revealed the um the corruption and much like that example that you just gave we've spoken to several medical professionals one uh, gave an example in florida very early on Um, how she's a nurse and she's working and all of a sudden these nurses are starting to get furloughed and you're thinking why are these people getting furloughed if we're in the middle of a pandemic don't you want more medical staff there and so these the nurses are getting furloughed and then at the same time they're bringing in traveling nurses because the traveling nurses and the hospital are getting paid from fema money Right. Mm. So similar scenario to what you're you're describing.
2: Wow. And
0: of course, the average citizen has no idea. And, and, you know, we always joke like this money comes from so which isn't it, we don't have money trees and, in, in, you know, somewhere in, a, in locked in a vault for the for the U.S. government. This money comes from the U.S. economy, which is made up of, you know, the, the commerce that's generated from the citizens that live in this state that are paying taxes. And so it's not like this money is just again coming from a money tree and so they you know they get to to have it disseminated however they want to and all while you guys did a very good job i think of highlighting that these businesses are suffering yeah people just want to work they want to go back to work they want to be productive they want to support their families right
1: yeah i mean every business um even the ones that didn't shut down hurt Mm -hmm. you know i've I own a recording studio and I work in a a room by myself, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) most of the time. And sometimes there's a band in there, but most of the time I'm just in there editing everything. So I Mm -hmm. went to work when they said, don't go to work. Well, I still lost. I mean, I had an album I was going to produce in London and an album I was going to produce in South Carolina. And day one of the lockdown, both of them canceled Mm because, you know, there was no traveling. So every business lost and the little bit of money that all the counties gave to the businesses with that cares fund money. Um, it didn't move the needle on what people lost, but the counties took that and then shuffled it around to do their thing. And that's just one example. Um, and the, the thing that was the most encouraging with the process of making the documentary is, um, One of the biggest reasons I I made it is because I wanted people to care about local politics again. Um, Just in my own experience, my, so every, every time there was any um, election, Mm -hmm. whether presidential or gubernatorial, every two years, my wife sits me down and she's like, we're (laughs) going to, we're going to research all these local candidates and all these laws. And I'm like, no, just (laughs) tell me who you want me to vote for. And she's like, no, we're going to do this. So we spend an hour or two and do it together and Mm I um date night yeah it was (laughs) it was date night and I always thought it was ridiculous but now I'm like okay I'm probably I probably represent a large portion of the local constituents who don't care aren't involved Mm -hmm. and through this um docuseries it's like the whole county rose up I mean the primaries that we just had it was the largest primary election turnout in Shasta Mm -hmm. County's history we had around 52,000, which for our county is pretty big. That's the ballot, ballots cast, 52,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you can't go anywhere in Shasta County. If you, if you walk up to someone in a grocery store and say, have you, have you watched Red, White, and Blueprint? They've either watched it or they've heard of it and they want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but most people are like, most people have watched it and, and either love it or hate it really and if, they, and if they hate it it's because they are not wanting things to change and they and and also they've um gotten their information from the media which has mm-hmm. been really really hard on us like oh i'm a- sure according to cnn and the la times um and you know 20 other major publications were like a far right-wing extremist group that took mm-hmm. over our county supervisors and were militia backed. Wow. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't be further from the truth. I mean, we are uh, mostly, um, you know, most of the people that are involved in the recall were conservatives. Um,
0: well, but it should also be stated that it was a conservative county.
1: Yeah, and, it, so. and, and, and Shasta <laughs> County is very, very conservative. Sure. So mm-hmm. most of the people that don't like it, either they're, they're either conservatives that like watch CNN and read the LA times and go, I don't want a militia led, you know, takeover of our County. Right. Or they're um, not conservative and they they love to wear a lot of masks on their face and love vaccine mandates. So, but most of the people in Chester County were um, rising up in support of it. That's why the recall was successful. Um, We've had, Dozens and dozens of counties from all over the U.S. reach out and mm-hmm. say, We want to know more. How can we do this in our county? Our right. our county? We want to be responsible. I mean, Thomas Jefferson said, You know, he's talking about this great experiment, mm-hmm. the American experiment, and he said, um, The only way this works is if the people are aware of how government works. Right and engaged in it because they're the only ones that can right the ship if it gets off course
0: i I, that is so well said and i think that there's some intentionality um in what's happening in our schools nowadays right i mean i don't know about you but i remember when i was a kid we were taught in our civics class about government courses and how government worked and Mm -hmm. i remember saturday morning schoolhouse rock and you know, the, the little Bill of Rights running down the, the Capitol steps and, and singing the, uh, what is it, the, the, um, what is it the, the preamble to the Constitution? Is that what it is? I can't remember what they were saying. But, but the point being that there were this was happening in so many facets of life. And children, it was like the white noise that was going on around you. And children just grew up with this sense of patriotism and understanding of uh, your responsibility as a citizen in this country and, the, and, the, and, and what comes with that. And now, now it's, it's not only is it shut down, but I think there's a lot of teaching that's happening in our schools um, that, that's um, talking about the fact that this country is not great, that we were we were built on a bed of lies, we were, you know, there's, there's any number of things that, that, that have been said, um, and, and they're, they're indoctrinating our children with. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love what you guys are doing, because if you could just imagine for a moment If every city, I don't even say city. Let's say if every county in every state in this country did what you guys have done, we would have a completely different country. And I think we would have a country that's more representative of the true spirit of what this country was originally founded on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, again, it comes down. So with the schools they know if they can get to the youth, young, and teach them that America's founded on a bed of lies and we're not a great country, then anytime they put forward something really radical, that's gonna be their soldiers on the ground, Mm -hmm. you know? And they, I mean, you see it everywhere now, that this generation of college-age students going around and burning things down and they've got most of the Democrats are saying take it to the streets you know mm-hmm. and so they they've been really successful about that and it with that and it's really sad to see mm-hmm. because um, as much as our country has had its faults in the past, we have been able to um, overcome those through um, you know throughout history right. Um, so we're, we're actually working on a, a book, a Red, White, and Blueprint book, and a field manual. The field manual is like how to start a grassroots movement to see change in your county. Okay. The book is sort of a counter argument to what's being taught in schools today. Oh, I love it. So it's going to be sort of a, a um, why America is great, and oh. it's not going to candy coat anything. It's going to talk about the hard stuff, of sure. the past. That our country's been able to overcome mm-hmm. through different amazing movements that have that have sprung up, but mm-hmm. but it's going to be a, a big uh, counter argument to what what's being taught right now. So
0: that's so necessary. Wow. So what's so that's what's next? Um, what's the timeline on that?
1: We're trying to have the book and the field manual wrapped by September.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Great.
1: And we are right now. Um, on the cutting floor with the docu-series basically going through every episode and making small changes now that we've completed it was a real-time documentary so every once a month we would release an episode and and we released our final episode about three four weeks ago mm-hmm. and now that we're done with it we're going back we're going oh let's change this and that basically getting ready for um, a release through some sort of a distribution channel so
0: it's Great. Well, um, if someone's interested in finding out more about this, how do they do that?
1: They can either go to <clears throat> the red white and okay. or on Facebook, Instagram, Rumble, YouTube, just red, white, and blueprint. Okay. Blueprint is one word, and the concept of it, this might be obvious, but um the concept of it was to create sort of a blueprint uh-huh. for other counties to be able to see how change can be made Mm -hmm. if they actually focus on the local county the local level the local politics they get involved they can actually see huge huge changes made i mean the the recall group that we followed was about 200 people Mm -hmm. and the amount of change we've seen in our county just from the efforts of 200 people was so powerful and so we documented that through this documentary and we're hoping other counties can watch it get inspired encouraged rise up and and get involved
0: well this is our fourth of july um, episode and i have to say that i can't think of anything more fitting um, than to be having this conversation with you because as i said i think this is uh, exactly what this country needs i highly encourage everyone to go out and find out more about red white and blueprint watch everything that they're producing read the books that they're that they're going to be putting out because you guys are doing unbelievable work and you know it's not it's not about being left or right it's about being an american citizen it's about caring about your community and your freedoms and your and your family um, and everything that that represents and you know, one of my favorite sayings is by benjamin franklin and it, you know the saying goes that those that would give up a little freedom for security deserve neither freedom nor security and um, i'm so grateful for people like you i'm grateful for the people in shasta county that are leading the way and showing the rest of the nation right um, for those of you who don't know shasta county it's actually one of those beautiful places i had the opportunity to go up to lake shasta recently it's stunning um, but shasta county is just this this small county in, in northern california um, with obviously some really amazing um, people that are there that are that truly understand the american spirit so thank you for what you're doing and we're going to put some links in the podcast so people will be able to easily access this and i'm excited to see what you guys have next because i'm, I'm going to be following everything that you do so thank you so much
1: well thanks for having me it's been a pleasure
0: From all of us at the Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence without which our work wouldn't be possible.